uh, brings us to Zach, SC Dog864. Favorite Mike Leach quote, if you can think of it. Um, I mean, it's got to be, <laughs> it's got to be <laughs> getting getting under a shade tree with your, with your back <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to My Got A Podcast. I'm Jim Wood. In this episode, John Powell and I preview this week's matchup between the Georgia and Mississippi State Bulldogs. And we answer questions from you, our listeners. As always, remember to check out store.mygotapodcast.com to see our latest merch. And you can follow us on social media at My Got A Podcast. Finally, we'd love for you to check out our presenting sponsor, Oxia Time, at oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E.com. Now, Let's join the conversation in progress. Ah, about to do a bottle kill. Oh, what are you, I, what are you finishing off? I, I picked up a, a spare bottle of Weller, and so I have just a little bit left. And so I'm enjoying the Weller Special Reserve this evening because this uh, Georgia team is special. I like it. I like it. I actually just finished off um, – what did I finish off? I finished off the that Chattanooga whiskey that I had. It was like a cask strength or something. It was pretty strong. So that actually just got poured into the infinity bottle uh, earlier tonight. I finished it, I don't know, a couple days ago. It's just been sitting there. Um, nice. I've got the old granddad bottled in bond tonight. Mm. Hard to find them the, these these uh, around these parts lately. Is it? Yeah. I actually, um, I was in, well, you know this, because I, as I tend to do, I was texting you from the, the ABC store, but um they had several bottles uh, in the in one of our local ABC stores that I was in the, the other day. So it was That's awesome. You should have bought them all. <laughs> I should have. They're only like twenty bucks, so <laughs> I know, right? Twenty, thirty bucks, something like that. I can't. It's remember. It's a good one. I do. I do really like this. An yeah. excellent uh, Bulldog Bourbon Social Club recommendation. Mm-hmm. If you can find, if you can find these, um, you can find these um, value bourbons. Um, basically, you just need to buy them all. <laughs> I keep waiting. <laughs> My local store does not have um, a couple a couple of them. So bottle and bond, old granddad, bottle and bond. Um, mm. Early times is sometimes there, but not lately. I haven't really seen it lately. And then uh, the early times bottle and bond, by the way. Right. Um, and then there's another one. Old granddad one fourteen is another bourbon that is fantastic. That I don't I don't think I've seen it on the shelf here at my local stores in like over over a year and a half. Mm, gotcha. It's just yeah, one that, of those. It's just one of those secrets. The secrets clearly out, or they just didn't plan very well. <laughs> right. Yeah. That early times bottle and bond. I've literally seen it up here. I've seen it once, um, and I was actually at that place in South Carolina that you turned me on to. That's where I got my bottle of that. So Southern Spirits. Yeah. Yeah. Not a sponsor yet. Yeah. If you're if you are local, apparently they have a uh, they're having a pappy tasting uh, this weekend. I, I got that email. I'm I'm now on the email list, so I, I was aware. I was aware. Uh, I'm like, do I want to do I want to drive to South Carolina this weekend? No, I do not. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. I may have to text Greg. I don't know. We'll see. I don't. I don't know what I've got going on this weekend. Maybe he. Maybe he'll want to go over and do that. There you go. Uh, so what do you what do you have going on this weekend? This weekend, uh, let's see. Nothing. Uh, our, our season is. Uh, quasi over we have like a bit of a gap here before we do our end of season tournaments for Carter's soccer team okay. um and so they're doing some doing some prep for 11 v 11 uh this weekend on sunday but um 
nothing on Saturday. So I'll probably be doing, doing a lot of yard work, trying to, <laughs> trying to eliminate all these leaves that keep falling in my yard. Oh gosh, seriously. I have to do that too. I actually today spent some time, uh, We've had we've had issues with like the dogs not coming in after we let them out, and we realized it's because they had found a hole and a way to get out of our yard, and they've been running around. Um, so I, I spent Kim was outside like calling for Murray, and then she saw him like two yards over, just like chilling and looking at her. I'm like, oh my gosh! So uh, we've been having to leash the dogs only for the past couple of days. So I tonight this evening uh, before recording. Uh, I was shoring up the fence so that they can't get out anymore. <laughs> nice. So That's now fun. that I've now that I've done that, now I need to do the same thing. Yeah, we got leaves everywhere, and uh, awesome. I got to get like the last good mow. I actually just need to do like one more mow. I think at least because uh, we've got fescue here, so it grows a little longer. Mm-hmm. Anyways, as we've as we've turned into a turf management podcast, <laughs> turf management. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> Everybody, there's so many there's so many dads out there that totally get that uh seriously oh man well that's that's good i mean uh re- reminder you're also going to go for a run saturday or <laughs> some will, sort of I will, exercise I will be, i'll be going for a run on saturday i've been a little lazy this week so i'm i'm overdue <laughs> mm. yeah yeah i uh, yeah i was lazy I, I i picked back up stuff yesterday um I, but i was uh trying to catch up on some sleep after the weekend. And I feel like my voice has pretty much recovered. Uh, there you go. For the most part. So that's good. Feeling better. Feeling better. The high proof bourbon uh, will, you know, fix all that ails you. So that's what I say. You got, you got, have you taken your medicine today? The 1920? The old Not today. The 1920? Not today. And, but see, I was out of the 1920. That's why I finished off that Chattanooga whiskey bottle because that was the highest proof stuff I had uh, was to knock, knock everything out, make sure I didn't get a cold. Um, got it. So yeah, so bought the bought the old Forester to knock that out. Um, you know, not to I, I don't want to dwell on on last week's too much as this is the Mississippi State preview. However, the um, are now like favorite fan base, I guess, or whatever, or least favorite, you know, whatever. Jokingly, uh, they have like set new levels for mental gymnastics this week. <laughs> Yes. Yes. The, <laughs> what is the going mental, on? The the mental nin, ninjutsu is is strong with that crew. <laughs> I, I I love these like these takes that are coming in. Like I think my favorite is that the game would have been closer if it hadn't rained. I, I think that's my number one favorite. Um, and then like the well, you kicked our butt less bad than you kicked Oregon's butt. So therefore, etc. And it kind of goes from there. It's been it's been fun to watch. Uh, it's been fun to watch it unfold on Twitter. Um, an interesting bunch, I suppose. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's just a further reminder that I wish that these guys would just get just creamed into oblivion every single week from now on. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, actually, while we're on that, why don't we go ahead and talk about this before? Why don't we pump up one topic a little sooner um, around the CFP? So we are recording on Wednesday night. We had originally planned to record Monday. Um, opted to delay in the week, but now we have the college football playoff rankings. So like shocker to no one, you know, Georgia moved up to number one. Uh, you've got Ohio state two, Michigan, three TCU, four, Tennessee, five, Oregon, six. Um, so, you know, I, I think the one thing I had mentioned last time was, or I think I mentioned this, maybe I just texted it, but they're like the, my uh, only downside of like the weather and us kind of having to pull back as I feel like, I feel like we could have run the score up and kind of buried them. Um, 
and we didn't get to because of the weather, right? We just didn't want to risk turning the ball over, et cetera. So they are still kind of hanging around number at number five. I'd say Tennessee isn't, I, I mean, you know, I would say they're not eliminated from the playoff yet, although I think it would take them a lot of help. I think the Tennessee fan sees, oh, we're right behind TCU. You know, if they lose, we bump up, and they might immediately, but there's a lot of things that could happen. They, they could get jumped by Oregon or USC as a one-loss Pac-12 champ, et cetera. So there's a long ways to go, and the rankings right now, I don't think they matter so much because I feel like uh, the committee kind of makes it up week to week. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Ah, it's another week, man. It's just another week. Yep, yep. All right. Let's well, just, let's just let's just get through. Let's just get through this. Get through this unscathed. Um, put some points on the board. Leave no doubt, uh, and just pack it in for the second half. That's that's what I'm looking for, man. Okay. Okay. Nice. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, why don't we move on to the matchup? Um, so kickoff is on Saturday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, although I believe that is 6 p.m. local time, right? There's Central time. Um, uh, it is at Davis Wade Stadium in Starkville, Mississippi. Our dogs come in at 9-0 and 6-0 in the SEC. Mississippi State comes in at 6-3, 3-3 in the SEC. Um, you know, the last time we played these guys in the COVID year was the 25th uh, meeting all-time between the two schools. Um, we've played them, I think, since like, like 1914 or something like that, but... Only played them 25 times. So this will be the 26th meeting. Uh, Georgia is 19 and six against these guys all time. Um, Mississippi State comes in not ranked. As we talked about, Georgia is now number one in everything. Uh, college football playoff poll, AP poll, and the coaches poll. Um, it is on ESPN proper. And we've got Sean McDonough on the play-by-play, Todd Blackledge as the analyst, and Molly McGrath as the sideline reporter. So I think a, a pretty a pretty good good crew. I like that crew. Um, calling the game. Um, I love I love I cannot understate it more. I love Todd Blackledge. I wish that we could get Brad Nessler and Todd Blackledge every single week. Was it like? Am I making it up? Weren't they together before? Like in the past, before Nestler before. came to CBS, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, I, f- yeah. I feel like I feel like they were. I also feel like that uh, Todd Blackledge was also. Uh, Oft, quite often paired up with uh, Ron Franklin as well from back in the day. Yeah, oh, which was true. also which was also a fantastic uh, pairing. <laughs> right? Weren't they on the? I think they had the uh, Britney Spears call together, right? <laughs> I think. Um, let's see. Right. <laughs> I don't know why I was. Um, why are we talking about Britney Spears? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Which is what Todd Blackledge asked. <laughs> Roughly, Franklin, from whatever I recall. Exactly. <laughs> uh, let's see. The official hashtag that we won't use is UGA versus MSST from Mississippi State. Um, and the weather, it's going to be cold, man. So partly cloudy. Yeah. yeah, partly cloudy throughout the day. High is like 53 during the day, but it's going to get down to 30 at night. So I don't know exactly what it'll be at, at kickoff. Um, but in my uh, extensive podcast research, I went back and was watching um, – some of our game against these guys in 2020 and that one uh, based on what everybody was wearing, looked like that one was a cold one as well. Um, So kind of throw back to that there a little bit. Yeah. Hopefully it's not a throwback to the like stuttering that we did out there. As you recall, Jim, this was (laughs) one of the games that we had earmarked for, um, for a trap game (laughs) potentially. Yep. So, you know, we're on the road in a like difficult 
like fairly difficult to get to uh locale mm-hmm. uh, i don't know do they do they fly in for this do they drive like what do they do it's like almost like five hours so i'm assuming mm-hmm. they fly into like somewhere and then and then bus over but yeah that's a good anyway. question i don't know yeah because it's kind of remote yeah it's it's not like a you know it's not a major city or whatever so i don't yeah. know it's kind of i've uh, actually never been there have you ever been there I, I've I've never been. I've okay. heard I've heard stories. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I've heard stories of how terrible this place is. I've yeah, I've heard it's pretty much much like it's like kind of like desolate. Like there's nothing else really there. There's nothing there, but yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. it's like like you you are in the country, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I almost picture it like you just you rolling through town and like tumbleweeds are blowing <laughs> through every so often. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, um, and you know, uh, can't move on without acknowledging that they are, uh, helmed by the pirate, uh, Mike Leach. Um, the last time we played these guys was, was year one for him. Um, and that gave us our glorious gift, um, of Mike Leach as a bit, I don't, I don't know if we want to call it a cameo, I guess on Friday night lights back in the day, um, telling coach Taylor that he had. Lost, lost his inner pirate. Lost his inner pirate. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure. So. I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised in that cameo he wasn't asking where the where Papa Smurf was because he, <laughs> he looks like Gargamel. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Jason Huggins, for never being able to look at him the same way again and <laughs> ever. Yeah, I can't unsee that now that he's pointing. <laughs> <laughs> dear 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 listener we will post <laughs> we will post the side by side yeah seriously for real for you real. be the judge <laughs> for real um i believe that you have some fun facts uh is man that i tell you what there's a plethora of fun facts i'm like combing through like which ones i want to call out i did find one uh that was not i did not send this to you ahead of time like the other ones but um so Davis Wade Stadium is the fourth oldest stadium in all of college football. Hmm. Did you know? I did not. That's excellent. Yeah. It was originally built in 1914. Uh, fourth, it's, it's the fourth oldest behind uh, Penn, Penn's Franklin Field, Harvard Stadium, and Bobby Dodd Stadium. Yeah, oh. Fourth, the fourth oldest stadium in the country. Nice. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a. I, I just I just came across that. I, <laughs> nice. I, you, you mentioned you mentioned Davis Wade, and I was like, oh, yeah, what is that? What is, who is that? <laughs> uh, nice. And I, nice. I, I still hadn't gotten to who that was, but uh, <laughs> the the stadium that he is named after is is apparently old. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, oh, nice. Apparently, apparently, Davis Wade was a co-founder of Affleck. Oh. Okay. Hmm. Little, little Georgia connection there, but okay. apparently he's a big supporter of Mississippi State. Okay, nice. Uh, let's see here, cowbells. So we all know that they're uh, like known for the cowbells. No one really knows like where when this kind of started, but apparently it started in like the 30s or something like that, and just kind of stuck. I like to think that it's probably associated with uh, one of these fun facts that they list on their website that they the university produces. Nearly three hundred seventy thousand gallons of milk and nine thousand gallons of ice cream and three hundred thousand pounds of cheese that sold on campus. <laughs> Interesting. I guess Interesting. they have a creamery. Like I guess UGA has a creamery. I don't know how that stacks up to UGA's creamery, but apparently they have. You know, they're known for for cows and stuff. So 
Yeah. I'll go, uh, I'll, go with, like, I'll go with it. Is it free ice cream at Georgia for undergrads from the creamery or is it just very highly discounted? I can't remember because there's like an ice cream shop on campus that like the students run from that creamery. I, ne- I never went. Um, I believe that, it, as I recall, I believe that it's like steeply discounted for students. Yeah, that sounds right. I didn't go either, which I'm like super upset about because I love ice cream. Yeah, seriously. Like why did it, what, what was I doing? Like why? <laughs> yeah. How do we not know about these things? I knew about it. I just didn't go. Why didn't you tell me? (laughs) I know. Seriously. Uh, Uh, My question is, do you have a fun fact about why they are allowed to ring the cowbells, even though like no one else can have an artificial noisemaker? Because I have questions. It's fine if you don't have an answer, but I just still think that's weird. So uh, in my, uh, in my research, uh, I believe that they, um, basically it was banned. It was banned. Um, oh, where was that? Where was that? Um, where was the cowbell one? There was a cowbell one. Because they actually went into explaining this thing. Um, where would it go? Cowbells. All right, here we go. Cowbells. So it was banned by the SEC in 1974. Um, but basically, they figured out ways to circumvent or just disregard the rule. <laughs> okay. And I get, like, basically, they just didn't care. It's kind of like you're not supposed to bring booze into the Sanford Stadium, but somehow you're able to bring like right. handles handles of booze. I'm pretty sure a friend of the show, miserable in Minnesota, is quite <laughs> known for having handles of Jack Daniels. <laughs> okay, from, fair enough. From my enough. from my recollections, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think that. Uh, it was so they amended the rule in 2010, but I guess the amendment basically allows fans to bring him and play them at the game on the condition that once the ball is snapped and until the conclusion of the play at hand, which we all know mm-hmm. is also not being followed. So yeah, I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's not. Well, nice man, nice. Those are some good. Those are some good fun oh, facts. I have, I, like I have some other ones. I have oh my some gosh, other ones too. Oh my gosh, I know, right? I do. I have some other ones. Uh, where was the other one that I wanted to say? Did you know, Jim, that Texas A&M is not the first Aggies in the SEC? Mm. M- might the first Aggies be Mississippi State? <laughs> that is correct. They were originally known as uh, like Mississippi A&M, and they were known okay. as the Aggies until they changed names. I think it, was, it changed to like Mississippi State College or something like that, and like then they right, changed right. So, um, and they have only been the Bulldogs since the mid '60s. So prior to that, they were just the Aggies, and then I can't remember what the other ones were. But um, they've only been the Bulldogs. They've only been the Bizarro Bulldogs since the '60s. Man, yeah, that's really recent. Okay. Yeah, that's why. That's why I was. That was my takeaway as well. Was like, wow, that's that's very recent. Um, the other thing I like, um, I like that they change actual mascots on like Auburn and just like keeps adding to it. Sorry, continue. <laughs> just keep just keep layering it on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one last fun fact, and then I'll move on. Uh, thank you for the university in Saturday Down South because they have tons of fun facts about this <laughs> state, apparently. Uh, but the last the last one that I thought was interesting: the Bulldogs are one of ten founding members of the SEC, hmm. um, which was formed in the '30s as well. Um, they, they are still in the midst of a 73 season SEC title drought. Mm. <laughs> Their first <laughs> and only conference championship was 1941. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 Back so I'm not, 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure where that uh, where that checks out as, in terms of like the, the record for the the SEC, but uh, it has to rank up there, right? Yeah, seriously, seriously. Nice coming coming strong with the fun facts this week, John. I like it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I try. <laughs> well, uh, last minute, last minute googling for the win this this week. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, let's see. Let's hit the news and notes. I don't have a ton, uh, but just kind of looking at, uh, Kirby's press conference, um, for injury updates, et cetera. You know, Robert Beal, um, was out in the game late against Tennessee. Robert Beal. And it sounds like he just had a stinger. Um, so he said he had a stinger. Kirby said that he feels good about him being able to play. So that's good. Didn't use the word. Hope. Is that a medical term? Stinger? Stinger? It actually is. Yeah, like get a is stinger it? in your shoulder. Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've heard that before. Um, and then A.D. Mitchell and Amarius Mims both got the hopeful kiss of death on Monday. Um, mm. Kirby had some additional time on Tuesday, and he listed several. Like, he went into more detail about a bunch of guys. I don't have everything written down, but I know like McIntosh got mentioned again because he has like a deep, thigh contusion again or something like he said before i guess he keeps re-aggravating it or something um but basically like uh who did i say kenny mcintosh is what i meant to say oh okay yeah i was about to say did you see ad mitchell sorry yes i I think i did yes mcintosh um and like kirby rattled off this like long list of players and he was like you know hopeful to get all of them back and like a lot of them actually made sense but he had like ad mitchell like in the same sentence and he was like well ad isn't practicing but you know, I was like, what? It's like everyone else is like actually like practicing everything. So I don't know. You, you never know what to, to make of, of Kirby and his injury remarks, but that's all I got uh, for the news and notes from, from Kirby's uh, media availability this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Man, why don't- can you, can you like, can we just like take a, a pause and mm-hmm. just like dwell on the fact that we've been able to score and dominate games offensively without one of our best wide receivers. Yeah, seriously. Uh, that is it's, true. That's amazing. It is. And I mean, and how about like for the second year in a row, right? I mean, we did this last year, no pickings all regular season. And we're basically doing it this year. I mean, we had, we had AD Mitchell for the first game and really, I mean, that's it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he played what, like five snaps, I think against Sanford before he got injured. So yeah, pretty crazy, pretty crazy. And I mean, and he was like our, I mean, our guy that we talked about, right? And you were looking for a big breakout year for him. I think we all were, and we saw it in game one. So, yeah, I don't know. Would love to get him back. <clears throat> let's see. You want to? Let's just move into the game. Let's talk about the game. Um, let's just move right into it, Jim. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, uh, what to look for when Georgia has the ball? Um, I got some stuff on Mississippi State. A few players, and just kind of like where they where they lie. So. Um, they do play a bit of a different defense. Uh, so they play a three, three, five alignment. Uh, it's the same defense they played in 2020. So they got the same coordinator that was here back then. Um, I know like Leach had brought, brought their coordinator in cause he was someone that he had respected when he had played against them when he was at, uh, I think like New Mexico state years ago, uh, and was kind of enamored by that defense. And it's, it's, a, it's very similar to what, uh, Jolie done his defense that he ran at Mississippi state uh back like when we were in school um mm-hmm. but they are they're ninth in the sec in points per game allowed um 
They are sixth in the SEC in yards allowed per game. Um, and just a couple of guys to call out. Uh, Nathaniel Watson, he's number 14 as a linebacker. Uh, and then Jet Johnson, number 44, another linebacker. They are tied for third in the SEC in tackles with 78. Um, fun fact, our Vanderbilt guy is still number one in the SEC in tackles, John. And I know when we talked about that, you were like, well, maybe they just have to tackle a lot because opposing teams are running a lot of plays. So I don't know, maybe similar, similar uh, scenario here with these two guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I did find this interesting. So they do have uh, the leading interceptor uh, in the SEC. So Emmanuel Forbes, he's a cornerback, uh, number 13. He leads the SEC with five picks on the season. Interesting. Five picks. Well, hopefully Stetson can stay away from him. <laughs> right. I mean, based on based on what I've seen, like we may not need it, but we'll get to that in a second. Sure. So I mean, I mean, like for me, you know, this just kind of feels like um, I did go back and I was I, I don't know I kind almost wish I didn't because I went back and rewatched some of the 2020 game against these guys. Uh, which reminder that was uh, JT Daniels' first start. For Georgia, that was the that was the JT Daniels coming out party, as I recall. It was, it was. So there was a lot of JT Daniels and Jermaine Burton. <laughs> it's very weird <laughs> uh, to watch that. Um, I'll say too, just like in general, and this actually goes for both sides of the ball. Like, man, we're a lot better football team now than we were in 2020. It was shocking uh, watching that team play uh, as opposed to now. It's it's uh, we have improved significantly on both sides of the ball. So that was pretty interesting to me. Um, right, but right, right, right. I, I do remember like we had a hard time getting going in that game. Right. And um, on both sides, I think the offense was, um, it was, was like kind of clicking and then it would stall out. So I don't know how much of that was related to the, you know, the different kind of defense that they're playing, et cetera. Or again, we were breaking in a brand new quarterback. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think it's all just comes down to, I feel like, this game is really, it's more about us, um, in our, in our mindset, you know? And I mean, like, like we talked about, um, with this game, this is the potential trap game. I mean, I think originally we were kind of looking at that as like a, a look ahead type thing, because I think we were all thinking back then that Kentucky was going to be better and that that Kentucky game could be for the East kind of thing. And, you know, that's kind of out the window. Um, but now it's it's more like in the opposite direction, right? Like you don't want to have a hangover after that huge emotional high of last week, right? So right. what is what does Kirby have in store um to keep, you know, the 18 to 22 year olds focused this week? Um against uh, you know, I mean a frankly overmatched opponent. And I mean I don't think anyone would disagree with that talent less. Based on the the predicted scores and the percentages, you know, all, all all the things. I would say that that's accurate. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I know you had mentioned something in a text and I'm, I'm curious if there's anything that, that there was behind it about just like, I think you were thinking that we were going to kind of the something along the lines that you thought we were going to run all over these guys. Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, that kind of looks like it could be potential, especially given the fact that, um, so their passing defense is kind of, I mean, statistically it's, closer to Missouri than anything else. And as we, you know, frankly, as I'm looking at these stats, like, you know, Kentucky may be the best passing defense that we play in the regular season thus okay. far. Um, but anyway, uh, as far as Mississippi state, they're ranked number 38th in the country in terms of, you know, pass, uh, uh, in terms of passing defense, 
Like you said, yeah. they have a they have a, a a defensive back that leads the leads the SEC in interceptions. So that probably you know bears out. So um, Josh over on Dog Stat Dog Stats over on uh, Dog Central, he had posted some some numbers about uh, about this defense. Um, which made it look like that the their success rate, their defensive success rate against the rush was like twenty something percent, hmm. which is not good. I think it was like twenty eight percent or something like that. Um, but the rushing success rate is not good, and that does not match up well against our boys. If they find the kind, it's kind of like a, a dog with a bone, right? Like I'm sure that you know Monken's tendency is to, to to pass. I mean, if you look at the stats, our yards per game is heavily skewed to the passing game so yeah um that said you know if we're poking and broadening around and if kirby's wanting to protect the ball and just grind out grind out a win um and, and get out of there with as little effort as possible i'm sure that he would gladly take it so um yeah, yeah. i mean they're ranked number 74 in the country in terms of rushing defense um and, and rushing yards given up per game so hmm. um i think they're averaging was 150 yards did they give up on the ground that the, yeah they're giving up 150 yards on average on the ground so okay. i think if i remember correctly we're like a hundred and what are, what are our stats like 180 oh what are the stats where'd they go i had them and now i lost them <laughs> do you have the stats uh, up Georgia rushing per game? Yeah. I don't. Team, here we go. I just need to click up one more click over. Oh, uh, what are we rushing? What are we rushing yards per game? Rushing attempts. Yards per game, 200. So we're, we're just under 200 yards rushing per game. So uh, given the given the fact that our, our team is considerably more elite than pr- pretty much everybody that they have played with the exception i mean even even with the even with alabama on the schedule i, I was about to say it's like <laughs> do you have to caveat that anymore <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know i don't know uh uh-huh. we're, we're we're the best offense and the best defense that they're going to play all season long and yeah. i expect the score is going to bear that out okay. and i like i said i i think that we can run on i think that we can run the ball on these guys based on josh's success rate which i've been looking you know, at the beginning of the season, I was really fixated on this like net yards per play, which at this point I'm still kind of looking at it. Like what, what is our, our net yards per play? Because a long time ago, the Senator had these stats that he was posting about all the people that have won the national championship. This was prior to us, you know, summiting the, that, that mountain. Um, right. We, we were, we were statistically under the net yards per play threshold for what a championship team looks like. Like basically every year that we thought that we might have a chance or whatever. Right. And the last several years, that's not been the case. We're still track, we're still tracking, we're still trending above that threshold to to be a national championship team. And I think that that bears that passes the eye test as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, so I'm not so much looking at net yards per play or like yards per play as a metric, just making sure that we're above that threshold still, and we are. And so as you move beyond that, looking at predictors, like to me, like the bigger predictors thus far this season have been pretty centered around success rate and explosiveness. So um, we've been incredibly efficient. Last year was incredibly efficient. This year, I feel like is even more efficient. If I I haven't looked at the comparisons year over year, like with mm-hmm. the late, latest game or anything like that, but like 
Josh's metrics are phenomenal in terms of success rate and our success rate versus teams that are not good at running the defending the run is going to be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, that, that, that answers what I was, what I was trying to get at. Um, that was a long winded way of saying that I think that we're going to be able to run on these boys. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, as, uh, you know, as you failed to tell, you know, your new friend Stacy Searles after the game, I mean, you know, his boys are, are doing really are doing really well, and anyway, I think I, like I should have I should have told him. Uh, you know, <laughs> like I said, he was he was with he was with uh with recruits, and I was literally in passing. Like I, I think I had passed him, and I was like, should I say anything? Should I say anything? Should I say anything? <laughs> and then finally, good. in a bit of a drunken stupor, I was like, Stacy, <laughs> so <God> good. <laughs> so I should have uh, said, I'm sorry, I criticized. The- out of your offensive line. <laughs> sorry, Carter. <laughs> sorry, Carter. Sorry, Carter. Um, I will say there was a, and I, I forget, I forget who posted it. And I, I sent you a, a tweet today. It, it was like multiple pictures of like the pocket that Stetson had against Tennessee. Um, and I know we were kind of texting back and forth about it a little bit, but like, mm-hmm. you know, like in general, like, um, even if you go back to like the Oregon game, right, where the offense, where we had A.D. Mitchell and the offense was so explosive, like the pocket was was great. You know, Stetson had all day in that game. I think the question back then was still more like the run blocking and could we kind of um, could we open the the big holes, et cetera. And that has also gotten better, frankly, since your rant, John. So I'm kind of like crediting you um, for that, you know, uh, for putting that out I- into the ether. So. Um, you know, you just want to see that continue. So yeah, no, I, uh, I'm with you. And you know, I mean, as an as an old man, I, I like to see us run the ball, anyways. Um, so <laughs> you, you like I've, the I've old no you like the old man football. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, I like I, I've always said. Um, I feel like man ball is, was always a misnomer because like we don't have a fullback, and like you know, I feel like man ball would have to have a fullback. But I digress because in order, I've, to, I've let in that order, ship sail. In order to effectively man ball, you have to have a fullback. Is that how it works? That's what I think, but maybe <laughs> maybe that's just me. I want to bring back the oh, fullback. Oh man, I'm, I know I'm alone. Although, you know, like you know, I you can always shift Brock Bowers right into like an H back or whatever. Or I was about to say, haven't, haven't haven't we thrown Brock in there? Yeah, I mean Brock Brock could be a tailback. I mean, I, I, whatever. I could go on a on a thing there, right? Um, but yeah, I am well, curious to well, see. I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't take full credit on that. I mean, okay. basically, I feel like I feel like that we we spoke about it, and it's like, man, I just feel like we're not running the ball very good, right? And Graham right. and Graham like put all of my like feelings into actual data on like, the blocks, <laughs> the the blocking schemes. I don't right. know if he's actually like revisited that because I don't think that they like completely abandoned the the run fits or the schemes that they were talking about yeah. um yeah that yeah. were that were problematic but i do believe that they're doing much better at the things that they're good at yeah i think so i don't think graham's in it this week he's been out of commission so graham we hope you get well soon <laughs> yes 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 prayers for the dog central squad <laughs> right we're, yeah we're, dro- we're dropping like flies across the board <laughs> i know i feel like we're like the only ones that aren't sick right now jim knock on, <laughs> knock on wood knock on wood knock i knocked on my head knocked on my head <laughs> knocked on my head sorry sorry um the only other thing i was going to say was just like in the receiver rotation and everything um still curious to see what's going to go on there um curious to see if, if we see any more dumb luck this week so that's one thing i'll be watching for be curious to see Don Blaylock. Be curious to like 
man, at some point, at some point, Kyrus is going to have a breakout game, right? Like, even if it's like the national championship game, I'd, I'd be fine with it. I love it. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm with you. He had a long touchdown reception against these guys back in 2020. So, um, yeah, never doubt Kyrus. On Kyrus. Never doubt him. Never doubt him. Um, let's see before we move on to the de- defense, uh, just want to take a re- moment to remind everyone that season three of my God, a podcast is presented by Oxia time. Uh, if you want to commemorate the dogs national championship in style, you've got to check out their Georgia national championship timepieces. And now there's a new watch that's been added to the collection. Uh, the Georgia national champions, Alethia two is the first women's watch in the collection. Uh, it comes with both the stainless steel herringbone mesh strap and a white alligator leather strap. So John, you know, like if you're a gator hater and you want to have a Georgia national championship watch, this is the watch for you. Um, additionally, uh, complimentary custom engraving is included in your purchase. So always remember that, uh, you can put that, it goes on the bottom of the watch. Uh, so you'll know it's yours and have a special message there, uh, for yourself. So, uh, also a reminder exclusively for our listeners, you can get 10% off these timepieces by using the code my got a podcast at checkout. Uh, so be go, be sure to go check them out. Oxia time at oxiatime.com. That's a X I a T I M E.com. It's just beautiful. What a perfect, what a perfect gift, man. Just, just, just throw your gator hater, throw your gator hater stra- strap on and roll out. Let's go. Love it. Love it. So ladies, if you've been wanting one and felt like they didn't, you know, they were, they were too big and bulky for you. This is out there and gentlemen, you know, perfect Christmas gift for the lady. Uh, so be, be sure to go check those out at oxytime.com. All right, John, let's talk about the defense or what to look for when Mississippi state has the ball. Um, so as we know, uh, the pirate, you know, loves to run the air raid. Uh, he comes from that air raid tree, um, this is all part of that coaching staff that Kirby was on back at Valdosta state, uh, back in the day, it's kind of where all this stuff was born. Um, and, you know, moved on to Kentucky and has since moved on and kind of had its variances since, um, they are led by their quarterback, Will Rogers. Uh, he is 300 of 439, uh, passing that's, uh, for 68.3% completion percentage. 2,912 yards, 26 touchdowns, and only five interceptions. Um, I don't know if you remember this. When we played them in 2020, that was his first start ever for them. Uh, he was a true freshman. And I think, uh, like in our preview, we weren't, we didn't even know who was going to start. And it was kind of a last minute decision thing. And that, that, that he got the nod. And now here he is, uh, well atop the uh, SEC uh, passing leader standings. Um, you know, he, he is the number one passer in the league. Uh, that should be a surprise to nobody. Um, if you look at like other players around them, it's interesting. Like they, they have eight receivers with over 20 receptions. So, you know, there's not like one guy that's doing this. They are spreading the ball all around. Uh, just to contrast, Georgia only has three receivers with over 20 receptions. Um, so they are really spreading it around. Um, and then as far as running the ball, Dylan Johnson and Joe Quavius Marks are the leading rushers, um, but they also catch the ball a lot as well. They actually also both have over 30 receptions. Um, so they throw the ball. They're going to throw the ball a lot. <laughs> they're, they're definitely going to pass the ball. I mean, obviously it begins and ends with, uh, with Will Rogers. So I think that that's, 
Yeah, I, obviously they're a much more pass happy version of the team we just played, right? Yeah, yeah, and they, I, I do, I don't know. I mean, like my, I, I know it's like a different, um, it is a different offense, and so like actually one of the things again, I think that we talked about last time we played these guys, and it was two years ago, um, was that this is basically like the aerial version of the triple option. Right. And so it's a thing that teams employ. Originally, it was deployed just like the triple option when you have a talent gap. Right. Now it's talented. You do something that not everyone does. And you're trying to like use your scheme to make up for your lack of or your lesser talent than your opponents. Um, So, you know, a lot of it is uh, like multiple routes. There's a route tree progressions for the quarterback generally looking for the shortest pass first then he's going to go deeper and what i'm going to be looking for is what are we going to do to defend that because in 2020 we like i mean we like did not get much pressure especially early in the game um we were dropping back in coverage so we were like rushing three we had a three-man rush and we were dropping eight into, eight into a zone coverage um and we didn't get much pressure i from what i remember in that game we did like switch up the defensive line i think late in the game um, another thing actually like Jordan Davis was out in that game. Um, we were missing Jordan Davis. We were missing, we were missing, um, LeCount, I guess was already out for the season at that point, but we we're missing some key guys. So what I want to see is what have we learned, uh, since then. Right. So that was, you know, the first time we had faced that offense and I mean, we, we struggled with it. Right. Um, and like in similar, like the first time, under Kirby Smart, that we faced the triple option under Paul Johnson at Georgia Tech in 2016 didn't go so well, right? We, we lost to him. Uh, but by 2017, Kirby had figured it out. He had figured it out, uh, you know, changed up the plan, figured out how to stop it. So I'm kind of hoping it's, it's similar here. I mean, obviously, we won, we still won the game, but um, they, you know, I mean, they, <laughs> it was not a, a runaway victory. I think it was like a, what? A, I mean, it was like we won by a touchdown in 2020. Again, weird year, but I'm looking to see um, what this staff can do against this offense, having seen it once before already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess if you if you look at if you look at them, how they stack up statistically, right? So passing offense like across the country, right? So Tennessee, mm-hmm. the reason I said they're more pass happy was that Tennessee's offense begins and ends with a run game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I believe that this game begins and ends with Will Rogers because yeah. they are throwing it right at 50, 50 times a game, whereas Tennessee's throwing it 32 times a game. Yeah. Um, the average yards per attempt, Tennessee was 10.6, Mississippi State six and a half. So the little quick, little quick throws, like you yeah. said, I guess he's I guess they're gonna be looking for the short pass and then clearly not like throwing it too 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 deep. Um, completion percentage wise are 68% versus Tennessee at 71%. Um, yards per game, pretty similar. Um, Tennessee's 335 yards per game, Mississippi state 325 yards per game where that differs is that Tennessee was a, you know, I think that they were averaging over a hundred something yards, whereas Mississippi state is only averaging like 80 something yards per game. If I remember correctly. Um, where was that number at the first rushing, rushing yards per game? That's passing. Most rushing. I was about to say that's, they're definitely, they're definitely not rushing 300, 300 yards. 
Uh, where is it? Rushing attempts, rushing yards. Yeah, 80, 81. Their rushing yards are 81, 81 per game. Um, yeah, they're they're not they're averaging 3.5 yards per rush. I don't expect them to be able to to look to the rush, the run game to save them at all. No, um, they basically just like run occasionally to keep you honest. It is from what I right. from what I've seen. So right, which I don't know that. I mean, we've got we've we've got uh, the space eater that is Jalen Carter um, sitting exactly. there in the middle. So like, I just don't think that they're going to even. We're not even going to be bothered by any any attempt to try to run the ball. So. You know, similar similar statistics: six, twenty-six touchdowns for Mississippi State, twenty-six for Tennessee, three interceptions for Tennessee versus five interceptions for Mississippi State. Um, yeah, I, I think I think I don't think that we're going to have any problem defending this this team um, on the offense as long as as long as we have a sound tackling, which mm-hmm. the Tennessee game was, was pretty phenomenal. I mean, Malachi yeah. Starks is just an absolutely phenomenal talent in terms of closing some of those quick outs where the safety has to crash down on the receiver and basically yeah. make an open, make an open field tackle. Um, we just are, have been really good. Javon Bullard has been a fantastic uh, talent as well. Man, he, Javon Bullard has been playing lights out. Yeah, dude. Um, I think that, uh, I, th- I think was it uh was it Jason that, that posted about um his his recruiting um it was Dustin the... actually Dustin was Dustin yeah. okay yeah he, he posted a nice little article right up on on the development uh at the at the cornerback position so um Kirby Smart is making an absolute name for himself in terms of being able to coach up three-star talent into potentially you know, obviously he's done it a couple of times um, with Stokes, um, with uh, D. Bake. It sounds like Bullard is is the next is the heir apparent to that <laughs> to that uh, that mantelpiece. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm you know just going back to Jalen Carter again. I think I, I mentioned before, like a lot, you know, I think a lot of the success these guys had against us last time, we were missing our stud defensive tackle, and that Jordan Davis didn't play in that game. And right. you know, ha- having Jalen Carter back. Um, you know, his, his third game back now makes me feel a lot better. So cool, man. Um, yeah, there's cu- a world, there's a world where we could potentially, there's a world where you, you, you could foresee us shutting them out. Mm. It just depends yep. on how they, uh, it just depends on, on, you know, what version of their wide receivers show up. And if the head coach is closing up the, the chairs that they don't deserve to sit <laughs> on. <laughs> right. right. Do you see that? I did see that. I did see that. Uh, I think we had a question about that. Um, okay. let's see. So for special teams, uh, just a couple of nuggets on them. They lead the sec in average kickoff return yards, uh, at 29 yards per kick return. Uh, conversely, Georgia edges averages 19.4 yards per kickoff return. Um, the other thing I noticed is I, I found two kickers in their stats, so I'm not sure exactly what's going on, but, uh, Massimo Biscardi, I'm sure I butchered that name, uh, seems to be the kicker now. Uh, but Bain, Ben Rabin has also kicked. He was kicking it earlier in the year. Um, I'll say Massimo has the better name, but Ben Rabin has the better mustache. Just FYI, in case anyone is wondering. <laughs> no, a, a, a new a new <laughs> coach is over under how many times <laughs> they talk about his mustache in the game. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, let's see. You about ready to hit the listener questions? Or did you have anything special teams? 
Uh, I don't, although uh, Mr. Thorson, appreciate mm. you and your efforts. Um, <laughs> I think mm. I saw him tweet out that uh, if anybody had Stetson Bennett's number to call him, <laughs> so he can he can call him to thank him for uh, letting him punt. I did see that. That was that was awesome. Uh, oh, and we 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 got to call out um, the the new nickname that we saw for him on Twitter, uh, the Boomin' Onion. I love the that. Boomin' Onion. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine uh, that's one of the nicknames that, like, if you ask him about it, he'll probably hate it. <laughs> I'm sure he would. I'm sure he probably wouldn't like, even. He wouldn't even like get it. A, that's like an F three. That's like an F three name. Like, if you showed up to F three and you're an Australian kicker, they'd call you the Boom and Onion. <laughs> nice, nice. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I, need to, I need to come up with what your F three name would be, Jim. Even though you haven't posted. <laughs> sorry, sorry, my bad. Too early. Too early for me. <laughs> In fairness, I've been I've been sparse this season with Carter's soccer, so uh, my name would be like I'm still sleeping or something. <laughs> I don't know. That, that's all I got. Um, all right. Well, before we head to the listener questions, uh, I just want to remind everyone that uh, this podcast is powered by Zencaster. So Zencaster is an all-in-one uh, podcast recording solution. Uh, so they'll record your audio. They can record up to 4K video. Um, and everything records locally on uh, each uh, participant's computer while you're recording. Uh, so that way, you know, you get a local recording. Everything's not going uh, over the internet you know, to the cloud live. So kids see a much better quality recording locally. So, you know, John and I, we were trying to figure out how to do this when we got started. And Zencaster is the solution we landed on and we've been using it ever since. So, you know, if you are interested in starting your own podcast, Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our code MYGOD. You'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. We want you to have the same easy experiences we do for all our podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. All right, John, let's hit the listener questions. Uh, let's, let's let's do it. We love our listeners. We do. We do. We love the questions every week. Thank you to everyone who submits them. Much appreciated. Uh, let's start off with John Michael D. Uh, he has a throwback to the Tennessee game. Throwback to UT, but has there been a more satisfying opponent, opponent desperately trying to score a touchdown at the end of a game? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, there, yeah. I mean, someone Wes Rucker if you haven't followed if you don't follow him like look Mm. look up his tweets dear listener this man is a verified like uh, beat writer for Tennessee and he has been doing nothing but making excuses and talking about how Tennessee was still in this game um, when they were literally down 27 to 6 yeah making statements like if he scores this, if he scores that, if, look at the, look at him like Hyatt breaking away from the defender here. If he hits that, he's, he's gone and like completely ignoring like some of the things that Georgia was doing that could have equally have been said. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I just, if, 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 if there's 11 minutes left in the game and you're down 27 to six, bro, you got your beat. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, yeah. Just move uh, on. Yep. Sorry. And partner. That- yeah, sorry, Carter. Yeah, and and that was like that. That was like key of those mental gymnastics that I was talking about. So yeah, agreed. It was it was quite nice, quite satisfying, and the fact that they're that they're talking like that now makes it even more yummy, uh, as a certain coach would say. Um, I'll say it's, del- it's delicious. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, actually, my next thing kind of ties in with this next one because uh, one more thing. Uh, Aaron King said, "Has Georgia now started a new college football loudest fans war?" 
Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if other fan bases try to beat the decibel record now, because apparently we set the decibel record. Um, I'm still, is this, is this, is this verified or are we right. talking like, that's exactly. We're, that's we're my throwing, question. We're throwing a graphic. We're going to throw a graphic up. that says 150 decibels, bro. Yeah. yeah well, I, it was can like, totally see, I can totally I, see South Carolina throwing up some crap like that. Well, you know, yeah. So, I mean, it was showing on the Jumbotron, but I don't know where that register is, right? So, it said 130 or 130 something. So, I do, I have the same question. I don't know if you saw this, uh, LSU, Alabama, um, because, you mm-hmm. know, like they've got a seismograph. The, the there. seismograph, yeah, yeah. And the, at the end of the game, when they scored the touchdown in overtime and when they uh, successfully converted the two point conversion, those plays both registered on the seismograph on campus because it was so loud. So, that's pretty cool. I don't know. I don't know. Like, the, if, the, if you, you have a seismic, if you have a seismograph <laughs> built on a swamp, like, does that really count? <laughs> okay. Okay. The fair. ground's already moving underneath you. Fair. So the other <laughs> thing I wanted to add here was something that I forgot to talk about in the last one. Uh, and actually, Dwight was giving me crap about it at the tailgate because uh, he had asked like over under times we're going to hear Rocky Top, and he was making fun of the fact that I think I said four and a half, and you said like eleven billion or something. <laughs> like random but <laughs> but my point is i actually personally never heard it uh i we were so loud you couldn't hear it um nathan gave a count on I was just about to say. yeah he, he so he you know i mean he you know he is assists the redcoats i guess i'll say so he's much more in tune with those things so yeah his count was actually something like eight or something i think so it, yeah. it hit the over from what i said but i heard it zero times i know they played it after they scored a touchdown um i could tell they were playing it but you couldn't really hear it it was interesting it was it was literally that loud um okay so enough about tennessee uh we can move I figure, on i figure if you if you have a song like i'm just saying like you know whatever i'm not a i, I don't make poor life decisions um but right. if i were a, a, an opponent that had a song that i knew that my opponents hated mm-hmm. i would play it all i would play it the entire time i was in the stadium <laughs> right yeah yeah like they do right they should i mean yeah if you yeah. only played it eight if you only played it eight times like well, they didn't have any reason to play it but you don't have that's what i'm saying like yeah I they should need one like, just play just it anyways to, just to yeah. annoy everyone in the in the stadium. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, man. Florida, Florida is at its peak, like back in like the 2000s or whatever. Like back when you know Spurrier and and Meyer were in charge. Like they used to play that stupid. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I hated that thing. Oh my god, I hated that. <laughs> <laughs> you also hate the South Carolina Gamecock screeching. Uh, in the stadium, yes. that's also quite yes. nice. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see, fifty-one to seven, GTA. As we get ready for another game with Hale State, do you think Dan Mullen will ever get back into coaching? Um, apparently, he's trying to get on Kurt in Kirby's good graces because he keeps talking up uh, Georgia all the time he in keeps, the media. These he keeps days. he keeps hyping Georgia up, and he's on Lake Lanier or something. Yeah, uh, Lake o, Lake Oconee. I think Lake Oconee. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. You're right. I was wrong. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure he'll end up being. I'm sure he'll end up coaching again at some point. Somebody's gonna somebody with a terrible offense that may or may not be in the state of Alabama is probably gonna look for someone to come in and help them. I'm not Fair. saying that it's Alabama, but like, isn't that where the isn't that the land of misfit coaches? Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah, he, he'll 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 go back. I, I I don't I don't think we've seen the last day. <laughs> although I don't know where although, it'll be, but. Although that certainly would be saying something if Mullen isn't already there. That's that's certainly saying something, right? If that's if, a good point. 
like even for coach Saban, Dan Mullen is a bridge too far. And that's <laughs> and, and that's saying something because Butch Jones had been there. <laughs> true, true, true. Fair, fair. Um, let's see, Joey Weiss. Uh what did Alabama do on defense to limit their uh being Mississippi State's passing success? And how can Georgia get similar results? So I mean not to, I know we're, we're not so much like the film analysis guys, but I will say this, like if you look at that game and you look at the stats, I'm not sure like Alabama and Mississippi state actually had like similar passing uh, yardage numbers in that game. So, I, I mean, I think the main thing they did was keep Mississippi state out of the end zone. Like, you know, they basically deployed like a bend, but don't break type thing, keep them in front of you and don't let them get past you from what I can see. Um, I think like Bryce Young and um, uh, and, and Will Rogers actually had like similar passing numbers in that game from what I can remember. Uh, Alabama just had a lot more points. So basically they just kept them out of the end zone. So um, and I, I, I think, like I said before earlier, um, I'm, I'm curious to see what we do. I don't feel like we'll do exactly the same as last year or last year, whatever, two years ago in 2020, where we're just rushing three and dropping eight. Um, I suspect we'll be bringing some, bringing some more uh, diverse pressure uh, this, this time as opposed to last time. Yeah. I I think that um, what's interesting to me about that game is just the, the way in which they got out, the way that they got out ahead. I mean, it was so, Alabama, Alabama had the had the had the ball. They had they they punted after their first series, but after that, this is this was the scoring drives that Alabama had. They, they went six plays, went six plays and scored a touchdown. Six plays uh, was eighty five yards. Then they had another scoring another scoring drive, uh, three plays, seventy eight yards, bang, fourteen nothing. <laughs> then Mississippi. Mississippi State decided to go for it on 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 fourth down and ended up turning the ball over, mm. and then Alabama has, goes runs four plays and scores a touchdown. So like yeah yeah in, in a matter of in a matter of like at that point there was what was the time on this touchdown when was it I mean they were up twenty four nothing or twenty one nothing and the game had barely started basically. So yeah, uh, yeah. So I mean, basically, I, I do think I do think I do think that it's a it's a bend but don't break situation because yeah. you know uh, Alabama had the quick stride offense, um, which has got to be largely through the air, um, but you know Mississippi by comparison they ran thirteen plays, fifteen plays, yeah, like long long drives, but no points to show for it. You know exactly. Yep. 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 Agreed. Uh, let's see. This one is just a bit of a shout out. So and Andy Coleman, your guy ran T dog, uh, said he just bought the fam five tickets for Starkville. Couldn't find a hotel within an hour's drive. Going to stay in Tuscaloosa. Uh, so, and, and I saw some replies, um, sound like, I guess that's pretty, that's pretty normal. Cause as we discussed earlier, there's nothing in, uh, Starkville apparently. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's still crazy to me. Cause that's still like yeah. an hour. That's still like an hour and a half drive from Tuscaloosa yeah. to Mississippi state. So. Or yeah. Starkville or whatever. Yep. So safe travels, Andy. Uh, yeah, Andy, have fun. Enjoy it. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a cold one. Hopefully, Sarah brought her. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> Sarah brings her, her jacket. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, let's see, Bubby Dean. Is it within SEC rules to smack a redneck shaking a cowbell in your face? Uh, I think that you should absolutely <laughs> smack them with a peach bottle of Crown Royal. 
that's a very specific shout out, shout out to Bubby. That's a very specific <laughs> answer. I can't beat that one for Bubby. Um, <laughs> all right, Lamar, our guy, Lamar Lovelace. How many fat girlfriends do the MSU players have? All right, do you know what this is about? Are you familiar yes, with this? Yes, I do. I, I, I mean, apparently... Uh, <laughs> I've got some audio. I've got some audio for the uninformed. Do you want to hear it? Oh, yeah, let's, 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 let's right, hear let's, it. Let's, let's it's, let it run. It's just, it's just quintessential pirate. All right, here we go. I'll get in trouble for this, I'm certain. But where, where you know, instead of playing hard and getting a first down and getting a play, then, you know, you want to <clears throat> sit behind a... a a uh, shade tree to fish sandwich and uh, drink a lemonade with your fat little girlfriend. And that's what we're shooting for way too often. I thought, you know, when can we relax making judgments on plays? And, um, <clears throat> well, yeah. I don't. So apparently he said this before, and this was like the return of the little fat girlfriends. <laughs> he had a rant. Uh, I think, it, I don't know if whether it was at Texas tech or Washington state. And this is like an analogy he used before. He has used before in the past. And, and this past week was the return of the little fat girlfriends. So Man, I'm not that, sure. There's so many, there's so many, I have so many questions and comments <laughs> about that audio, but uh, I mean, I, I guess, I guess that it's just one of those things. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> I, it's, it's so weird. I guess I hope they have a lot. Cause I think that means, I think that means that they're not playing well. So yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Hopefully for many. sure. I think I'm taking it as <laughs> I'm taking it uh, to mean that they're lazy and not willing to close right. the deal on something more. If that bears fruit, <laughs> sounds right. I'm not entirely sure. Um, um, so I would say that that probably tracks with like you remember there was was there an article or an interview that they did with some former Mississippi State players that were like talking about like what's it like to play for a guy like that and like. Mm they would talk about like the the quarterback room and how they would spend hours in the quarterback room talking about like philosophical debates and things like that. Like, <laughs> like this has nothing, this has nothing to do. Do you, do you, do you know what I'm talking about? I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to source. This I, don't, I don't think I've seen this, but that sound, it oh sounds, uh, it sounds so, very on brand. It's so funny. They would talk, they would talk about having to go to meetings for hours and like discussing like all sorts of things that had nothing to do with football. <laughs> Amazing. Which basically sounds like a Mike Leach press conference. Uh, exactly. Which gets me to uh brings us to Zach, SC Dog864. Favorite Mike Leach quote, if you can think of it. Um I mean, it's gotta be <laughs> it's gotta be <laughs> getting getting under a shade tree with your, with your back <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that one is hard I mean, to beat. That's, that's pretty funny, right? It is hard to beat. Um, okay, so I've got one. I've got some more audio, and I'm not going to play the whole thing because it's it's like ridiculously long. But I'm going to I'll kick it off. So we've talked about this before. So he was this is when he was at Washington State, and someone asked Mike Leach if all of the Pac-12 mascots got into a huge fight, who would win? And this is what he said. Well, first of all. What kind of mythical powers does a sun devil have? We've got to consider that. I'm going to say the wildcat's out. Uh, the Trojan, is he? does he have a horse or is he on foot? Does he have a bow and arrow or just his sword? Uh, <laughs> I love like how seriously he took it. Then he goes into all stuff. He's like, well, you got a bear. It's Stanford. I mean, if it's a tree, I mean, it's going to get chopped down. And all. It's like, like he, he, he answers it like so he takes it way too seriously. Or I, I don't know. I guess he's not taking it seriously, but whatever. He, he he goes on and on. So that was my favorite. 
Uh, I'll never forget when he did that. Oh my um, gosh. There's there was another there was another similar exchange where where he was asked if a hot dog was a sandwich. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I got into a debate about that with Mikol Hartman in his Twitter space once. It was pretty funny. Oh, you did? Well, I mean, like it wasn't so much that I got into it. He he was hosting a space and that was like the title of it. And I I joined it at one point uh and gave my thoughts on it. What, well, while we're on the topic, like, what, what is your take? Is a hot dog a sandwich? Uh, no, a hot dog is a hot dog. That's my take. But <laughs> I, I, I've heard some pretty good arguments. I've heard some pretty good arguments that it's a sandwich. I'm not going to lie. Um, Will Kaplan asked, is Mike Leach okay? Uh, which I've got the audio that prompted this question as well. <clears throat> I'm working on this trademark cough. What do you think? Oh my um, gosh! Seriously. It's getting better too. Um, well, then <clears throat> we marched it downfield. <laughs> I I thought we could have been closer, but and then oh my gosh! So yeah, that was at his press conference this week. Okay, sorry, uh, no more, oh no more. His, Mike Leach, his, sorry. his entire his entire press conference was like him coughing. I'm like, dude, coach, you sound terrible. I know. Yeah. I, not, to, I, not to mention the fact that he looks terrible compared to like his audio from um, Friday Night Lights. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. How long ago? I guess that was a pretty long time ago. Um, but yeah, oh, hopefully he is okay. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, the, <laughs> the, the coughing made it into the uh, fat little girlfriend as well. So. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. I we'll wonder, I'm wondering if he has RSV like John did. Mm. It's, going, it's going around. Mm. Could be. Could be. Uh, let's see. Uh, next up we've got Rambo. Uh, is Mike Leach? Oh, I, I meant to look this up and I forgot to. Apologies. Is Mike Leach te- teaching a class like he did at Washington State? And can we take it online? I don't mm. know. We'll have to. We'll have to put glasses on it. Let's move on, John. You 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 like to do the Googles, Googles, and and see if you can find it, and we can come back to it if you find anything. As far mm-hmm. as I, I, not that I'm aware of, but we'll we'll try to put glasses on it. Um. Let's see. My dog bites. What's the over under that Leach will fold up all of, all of the chairs for his wide receivers this coming weekend? So that's what you referenced earlier. So I guess he was mad at his receivers play and he started folding up their chairs on the sideline saying that uh, they did not deserve to sit down. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll, I'll let you answer the folding chairs and then we're going to come back to the, the class. Oh, oh, OK, OK. We have late breaking news. Um, over under. Wait, it was an over under, right? Uh, I, well, over under that he will, or is it the over under of how many chairs he's going to fold up? I'll, I'm going to set the over under at three point five chairs folded up. That's that's my line. All right. So, John, is he teaching a class? He is. Yes. What is he it? Is teach, he is teaching a class. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to see if you talk on one side. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm like scrolling through like what the class is on. <laughs> oh, okay. it's, 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 it's on successful football and warfare tactics. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, like that's up there with, you know, coaching principles of basketball uh, by Jim Herrick Jr. Yes. He's teaching a special class. Okay. Um, I guess it's I guess it's similar to the thing that he did at Washington State. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's he's has insurgent warfare and football strategy. Okay, got it. Got and it. I guess that he teaches it with um, he teaches it with his friend Michael Baumgartner, who, uh, who was he sounds familiar. Um, 
Oh, that's right. He was in the he was at the embassy in Bag in Baghdad um, in our in Iraq. Okay, interesting. A former a former senator or something like that. But yeah, he's he teaches that class. Okay. I don't know if it's on. I don't know. I don't know if it's online. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, we we don't know that, but at least you got the first answer. Good stuff. Good good research on the fly. Um, yes. this, all right. This next one, I think we actually talked about it. It's just that we solicited questions before our review dropped. So our buddy Chris, British Bulldog, said, "Please provide your Raising Canes review in full." So I think we did that. I'll just add something that we didn't see in the podcast, but you did drop on Twitter. Nice video of Carter who gave Raising Canes ten out of ten. Yeah, I, don't, I think he was caught up in the moment because uh, <laughs> uh, I definitely think that they're they're not uh, not, not my favorite. I would say for me. Okay, I would say I enjoyed it more than Zach's piece, but I'm not going to put it up there with Guthrie's. But that might just be nostalgia talking. So I think we have to have him again to know for sure. That, I'm, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna say that the Zaxby's chicken fingers are more closely to what I remembered Guthrie's chicken fingers being. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's. Okay. I also think that we didn't do it justice because we were eating it kind of on the fly. I did have Throughout a fresh one. I did have one fresh one. I did have it with some sauce, but I do think that there are other sauces that you could potentially throw in there that would make it much better. That's true. I think we need to go back and have it just as more of a meal. Like just yeah, sit down yeah. as a meal, and we'll get it better. So we'll we'll check. And back I believe in again. And I believe that they have other vari- varieties than like just the original. I could mm-hmm. be wrong, but mm-hmm. you know, some some have spicy, and you could have it tossed or whatever. But I'm not sure that they do. I'm not my, sure they listen, do. hey, listen. My my wife and son are two peas in a pod when it comes to like what they ordered at <laughs> what they ordered as kids. Yeah, Carter is a chicken connoisseur. So he does say that it's a 10 out of 10, but I still question that. <laughs> <laughs> Let Carter speak for himself, John. Okay. I, yeah. <laughs> All right. He, uh, he's, caught up, he's caught up in the British Bulldog pressure. Right. Well, that's fair. Fair. It's a lot, <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Uh, let's see. Chad Jarvis, any chance we come out flat after how hyped we were last weekend? Uh, maybe a slow start, fall behind, then come on like the normal Georgia. Um I, I, I guess I kind of talked about that earlier, uh, just saying like, you know, that there was a huge emotional game last week. Um, what, I'm kinda, was it? Was it though? Dude, are you kidding me? I mean, it was an emotional win in terms of like everybody was like super stoked that we won at the end. But like we were in control of that game. Man. That doesn't like, mean they're not hyped up for the game. That's totally different. Like they you, go watch that video, John. Go rewatch the hype video or the the review or whatever you call it, the highlight video that the school released. All right. Those guys and all the, if, if the speeches talking, like talk about juiced, earning, juiced our, earning our respect. No, I'm talking about at kickoff, right? Because this is, are we going to yeah. come out flat or are we going to be hyped? We were so hyped okay. for I, that I got game. You. I like, got you. You, it's hard to replicate that. That's my point. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So having said that, though, I do feel like, you know, night road game under the lights, right? I think that gives that gives you some hype. Um that's a good point. We're, so, we're gonna be we're gonna be like under the under the daylight savings lights, right? I right. think it was uh, who was it? No, it was Kyle, uh, my buddy that uh, that drove mm-hmm. uh, that was at the game with us. Um, on the ride back, we were talking about how um, the the people that live like in the central time zone, when the sun starts going down and it's like <laughs> it's dark at like four o'clock. 
yeah, for those for those people that are kind of on the border or whatever. But like, it's it's gonna be cold. It's gonna be it's gonna be darker than we're used to because we're we're used to playing these like three thirty. Like we haven't played very many night games, right? Like, yeah, I mean, uh, what Missouri, right? That was a night game, right? Am I remembering that wrong? I think it was. So yeah, yeah. Agreed. I'm. I'm just. I'm just happy that we get a night game where I can maybe th- just throw a fire outside and, and watch the game outside, and not have to worry about the sun beating down on my TV. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed for sure. Um, okay. Actually, this one. I, I think I meant to group these two together. So Georgia chimed in with, "Is this night? Is this night game struggle city like the Mizzou game? Hey, Mizzou was a night game. Uh, plus a hangover of Tennessee, or did the team learn from Mizzou game and handle things early to take the crowd out by the half?" So again, I, I, I would love to think that they did learn from that Missouri game. Um, I, I think in general, my thing is this, right? Like um, we just need, we just need uh, the Georgia team that showed up to show up. Right. I like when the, when Georgia shows up, like they, like we know they can be uh, no one's beating them. It's a, a lot of it, you know, they're, they're kids and it's the mentality. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I would say that, um, all the elements are certainly there to ha- have it be a struggle bus game, but um, I've determined that this team, as long as we don't turn the ball over, as long as Stetson doesn't throw interceptions, we don't fumble, we don't muff kicks, mm-hmm. as long as we as long as we don't lose the turnover battle, like we're gonna blow through everybody. Yeah, knock on knock on wood, John. Knock but on as wood. my sister says, you can't bring these things up. That's just a joke. Okay, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm I'm serious. Like I know, if, I know. Right. If we don't, if we don't turn the ball over, we're gonna beat the abs- ever, ever living crap out of literally everyone on our schedule, with the exception of maybe Ohio State. And we'll get to that one at some point, I'm sure. Sure. Let's see. Uh, Fletcher Proctor, Georgia is clearly top dog in the SEC. See what I did there? That's Fletcher's. Uh, see what I did there? Uh, what can we? <laughs> <laughs> what can we change Mississippi State's mascot to so that there isn't infringement? Uh, Bucks. He said the state animal is the white-tailed deer, the catfish. Mississippi State leads the U.S. in its production. And then he said also, I hate Ron Polk. So Ron Polk uh, was the – he was a Georgia baseball coach actually when I was there, but he had come from Mississippi State. He left us and went back there. So agreed, Fletcher. Uh, not a fan. Uh, I don't know. What what was it before? Uh, I know it, they've only been Bulldogs since the 60s. I don't think we said what it was um, before then. I don't know. Uh, before then, it was the Aggies, I believe. Oh, that's right, the Aggies. Yeah. Hey, we could do that, and then we make Texas A&M go back to the the Big Twelve because I want to exactly. contract. Exactly. <laughs> wait, hold on. What? Wait. What's the question? What can we change their mascot to? We're the Bulldogs. Oh, oh to be we're something else. Their mascot too. What else could they be? Um, how about the cows? <laughs> Since there they we have go. The cow. The cowbells. There we go. It makes too much sense. Cattle. Can we say cattle, plural? The Mississippi State cattle. Mississippi State bulls? I don't know. Okay, yeah. Or, I, like that. I like that too. And then that also causes infringement with Texas when they come, and then they can fight that out. So I'm good yes. with that. Uh, all right, Hug Dog, Gidgen Huggins. One, we already talked about this. Ever notice how Mike Leach <laughs> <laughs> looks like Gargamel from this Murphs? So, oh my I gosh, think, this guy looks just like Gargamel. It's I mean, ridiculous. so no, we, neither of us had ever noticed it before, Jason. But now, like I said earlier, we cannot unsee it. So amazing, amazing, <laughs> amazing uh, factoid. There, there is a whole swath of people in the in the population of Georgia fandom that have no idea what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> 
Were you saying people uh, don't know who Gargamel is? Come on now. No. I guess I, mean, I guess not. I guess they had some recent they had some recent movies, so I guess I could say that like even the true even the um uh the millennials and whatnot, uh Gen Z, they they probably have seen some some Smurfs movies, but um they don't appreciate the cartoon version of Gargamel that looks exactly like freaking Mike Leach. Fair, fair. Um okay, second question from Jason. More critical for a dog win in Stark Vegas. Defense gets constant pressure on the quarterback or Georgia establishing the run game. What do you think is more important, John? Uh, establishing the run game. Based on the depth of throws, I'm I don't think that we're gonna be I mean, it's mm. gonna be one of those things, it's gonna be one of those things where it's like they're gonna be doing these little quick outs that, you know, I guess maybe maybe I under maybe I underestimated the the run game, quote unquote, because True run plays, they're 80 yards, right? But like if your average yeah. depth throw is like six something, some of these little quick outs are really designed runs, even though they count as pass plays. So um I don't I don't know that we're gonna be able to get pressure. Now that said, like I didn't think we were gonna be able to get pressure on Tennessee, but we yeah. blitzed them like literally 60 something percent of the time and we're able to get pressure. So I would say that there's a recipe there for us to continue to try to do that on a quick passing team on a quick passing team um, again. Yeah. Um, so I would lean towards the run game. I, I believe that I believe that we can move. I believe that this could be a game that like Dejan Edwards and Kenny McIntosh mm-hmm. and potentially Branson Robinson and potentially Kendall Melton. Like we could all run, run, run home happy. Nice. I like that. I like that answer. I think that's the right answer. I'll, I will, I will just give the agree. All right, John. It is time. It is time. It is time for Coach Truebill's over-unders. Reminder, you are still in the lead. We had a push last week between the two of us, uh, so you were able to maintain your lead. Uh, Starting starting with the offense. Stuck it. Uh, Start with the offense <laughs> over under Georgia. Oh, wait, sorry. As you were in the lead, you get to pick who goes first. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you have honors, Jim. Okay, over under 300 passing yards for Georgia. I'm going to say over. Mm, I'm going to go with over. Okay. Uh, Georgia players that score touchdowns on offense over under four and a half. Mm, 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 I'm going to go over. Okay, agreed. Uh, and then over under two and a half rushing touchdowns for Georgia. I'm going to take the under. Mm, I'm going to go over. Okay. Uh, switching <laughs> to the defense, and you can go first on this one. Over under one and a half forced turnovers. Sorry, I was, I was just like running the math on my over unders there. <laughs> touchdowns. Oh, that's fine. Uh, go, go, sorry. Uh, over under. For- over under one and a half turnovers for Mississippi State. Wait, this is our defense. We're on our defense. Over under uh, one and a half uh, turnovers that our defense gets. I'm gonna go under. Okay, agreed. Uh, sticking with the defense. Over under 300 passing yards allowed by Mississippi State, and I'm gonna go under. Under. Uh, and then over under Mississippi State total offensive yards 350. Hmm, it's a good line. I'm gonna go under. Okay. Agreed. Under. And 
on a special teams over under two and a half punts for Georgia. I'm going to go over. I'm also going to go. Uh, I'm going to go under. Okay. And then miscellaneous ESPN shows Uga and bully together. <clears throat> bully is their bulldog over under <laughs> one, over under one and a half times over. Okay. Mm, under. Ha ha ha. Oh, I've written that down. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Coach Trail, thank you as always for sending us the over-unders. We thoroughly enjoy them. And uh, thank you for tracking them. Eager to see where the standings are after this week. Um, all right, John, let's get into our final predictions. So the line is Georgia is favored by 16 and a half points. The over-under is at 53 and a half points. Uh, so that would give you an implied score of Georgia 35 to Mississippi State. 18 and a half. Um, our guys at Chapel Bill Curve, the CBC R2 Sam has a predicted score of Georgia, Georgia 40.1 to Mississippi State 18.1. Odd uh, Shark, Odd Shark has Georgia 47 and a half to Mississippi State 27.7. Um, you want me to go first or do you want to go? I'll let you go first. So I, again, you know, I, I kind of said earlier, like actually, so, um, some friends of my parents came to the Tennessee game with us. And after the game, we got back to my parents' house. We were eating dinner because they stayed with us. And the, the dad said to me, because he, he, he uh, so his son that came with us is a huge Georgia fan. He, he, he is not, but he was cheering for Georgia, you know, for his son. And he looked at me and he said, I don't think anybody's going to beat that Georgia team. And my response was, I agree. It's just that that Georgia team that we just watched isn't always the Georgia team that shows up. So kind of what we talked about earlier, right? Like what Georgia is going to show up, how seriously are, are we going to take it? So we're going to win this game. I think just like the mindset and how we're attacking the day, so to speak, as uh, somebody would say, um, I think it's going to depend. Like that's going to dictate how much. Um, so what I did again is I went back and once again looked at what our uh, defense is like how we are impacting the average score, right, of our opponents. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually added in this time and took a look at our offense. So like how much more our offense is scoring on a team than that team allows. So we're holding it, it and I look at this only within the power five. So we are uh, holding our opponents now to 18.15 points below their average uh, scoring. Um, as far as what they tend to score against the power five and we're scoring 12.34 points more on opponents than their opponents in the power five score on them. So using that, I'm going to go Georgia 38 Mississippi state 10. That's a win. That's a cover. And it's the under nice. I'm going to go 40 to 16. Okay. Nice. 40 to 16. Okay. So that would be, that's a cover. I mean, yeah, yeah. Spread six, spread sixteen, right? Yeah, I was told there would be no math. I'm just saying. So <laughs> <laughs> there be no math. Uh, cool, man. Well, uh, what was that cough? You sound like Mike Leach. No, I'm just kidding. I do. I sound like Mike Leach. I need to go get a an albuterol puff. Um, I, as, as as you you may or may not know, uh, if you if you have a family of, of asthma kids, this time of year is brutal. So, yeah, I yeah. I don't I don't fall in solidly in that category. 
but I'm a little bit in that category. So yeah. struggling today. Gotcha. Yeah. I, like I said, I haven't, I'm not saying that I've like felt the greatest all this week, but I, I think mine is more just to uh, staying up late last over the weekend and screaming at a football field in the rain. So um, being surrounded by loud, obnoxious, drunk Georgia fans. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> what's, well, what's on the menu? What's on the menu at the Woodhouse this weekend? Are you cooking mm, wings? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, good question. I actually don't know because so much like you, like we actually, we don't have anything going on this weekend either. Like we've had all kinds of stuff going on, like both kids have had theater things and uh, through multiple places and everything. So we're going to be super low this low key this weekend. Um, I think we might go see the new Black Panther movie, I'll say, because uh, I believe that comes out Friday. So maybe try to go see that this mm. weekend. Um, other than that, super low key. Um, and with it being a night game, should have time to actually like cook dinner before kickoff. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know just yet. I will, I'll tell you bean dip will be involved because the kids are, uh, well, Ella's going to request it. Lily isn't as big into the bean dip, but Ella loves it. And she, she's like, is there a game this weekend? Are we watching the game? Are we going to have bean dip? So bean dip will be on the menu. Uh, main course mm. TBD at this moment. Might yeah, do burgers. You, Might do burgers. You have, to, you have to send me, you have to send me the recipe. I'll send you the recipe. I, I know we talked about it, but you got to send me the recipe so that I can partake as well. I'll repost it. It's on our Instagram somewhere in the history, but uh, mm. I mean, so do you like guacamole? Are you, well, I, you I, in there. I love guacamole. Okay. So here's the, here's the quick version. It's a layer of guacamole sat, then sour cream, then black, then black beans. And then you add in a layer of salsa and then cheese. The key is to thoroughly drain things. So you want to like thoroughly drain the black beans out of the can. And I even drain, I strain the salsa and like a mesh strainer. So I do the, uh, Jack's salsa mild and throw it into a check. Just the Jack's because the Jack's has multiple versions, right? Yeah. It's the one with the yellow lid. I can tell you that it's like like the, the more like standard one. It's not like the fancy flavor or whatever. It's just like the plain as far as theirs goes. Um, they yeah, all so have I, yellow. They all have yellow lids. Just FYI, they do. I thought there was like <laughs> different colored lids based on it. They have different color like bands. Oh, okay. all the lids are yellow. Okay, <laughs> does that make does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I, it does. I'm familiar because yeah, I used to work. I used to work like back in the day. I used to work in the deli at Publix. Okay. And I used to stock. I used to stock this stuff all the time. <laughs> yeah. It was really good. <laughs> well, you're like questioning me. I'm like, man, I don't. I don't. <laughs> So I'll, I'll have to go check. I'll let you know. The garden, um, the garden fresh, the garden fresh mild salsa. So that sounds I'm, right. I'm guessing, yeah. I'm guessing it's the green label. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. That's right. It, it's not that's like not, there's like a garlicky one. It's like it's not that one. Like it's the yeah garden fresh. That sounds right. Or that's what I use. But you can you know you can change it up and, and use whatever well, you want. Garden Garden Fresh is the brand, but yes. So I thought Jax is the brand. Jack's special salsa made by Garden Fresh Gourmet. God, okay. We've gone off, we've gone off the f-ing rails. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Carter. <laughs> uh, okay. So, anyways, I'll say in the recipe, it's, that's the key is on the straining. So, strain, strain, strain the salsa. That's, that's intense. Yeah. It, it's, it, you don't want it to get too runny. So, okay. okay. Yeah. I, I will say that's a, that's one drawback to Jack's salsa is that it's, it's super runny. Yeah. Yep. What about you? What do you get? Well, you, so you're hoping to sit out by the fire. I know I got that earlier. I'm definitely going to sit by the fire. I've got to either 
I've got to mulch or burn or do something with the leaves that are in my backyard. I got to figure that out. Uh, my my mower is not powerful enough to completely turn them into powder or like some of my neighbors, but um, I've got to figure that out. Gotcha. Uh, I I have a hand me down smoker that uh, I've I've used before, but like it needs it needs like parts and stuff. So like I don't know. I may I may refurbish it and try to try to smoke something, but. I've I've really been wanting to smoke a bud. That's that's been my thing, but okay. I haven't done it yet. Got we'll it. see. We'll see if I get there. I've also Wait. been flirting with getting a, a, a an actual smoker, like a like a Traeger or something like that. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean you've got all, you've got all day. This wouldn't be a bad day to try it. So. I know, right? I know. Well, we've also got people coming in town for Thanksgiving, so like I may do like a dry run just mm. to like get yeah. something going. So. Right. Right. Nice. Nice. Cool. Well, uh, this was fun again. Uh, always fun to, to discuss the ma- a matchup with the pirate. Uh, <laughs> makes for fun conversation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this guy is so weird. It's um, it's, it's, it's entertaining to say the least. We should we should all treasure the gift that is Mike Leach because I have a feeling that he's probably not going to be around for very long, but yeah, much I'm, much longer. I always questioned how how he would fit into the SEC, and I guess we're we're seeing the fruits of that now. So I'm just I'm just saying, like if if Dan Mullen gets fired after like a handful of seasons or whatever from a place like Florida, like I get it, it's Mississippi State, but like the guy is weird, right? And not to mention the fact that he looks like he's uh, getting sick. I don't know, <laughs> and coughing. But like he's he's closing. He's he's in the middle of the game. He's over on the sideline closing up chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like what? So what, are you, what are you doing? Oh <laughs> man, yeah, he is. He's interesting. He's interesting. Uh, all right, man. Well, fun as always, and I know we'll be talking on Saturday and texting throughout the game, and uh, looking forward to it under the under the lights. And I guess we'll hear the cowbells. Uh, hopefully, we can hopefully we can quiet them down. I got a fever. <laughs> nice. The only, nice. only prescription for it is no more cowbell. Uh, I like how you modified it. Nice modification. (laughs) Uh, All right, man. We'll see you. Go dogs. Go dogs.